Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome back to another Super Bowl edition of Believe in 49ers presented by the Believe Podcast Network and Bet Online. I am your host, Tommy Call the Third. You can follow me on Twitter at Tommy underscore III. That is triple I for the third. You can also catch all of my written work about the 49ers via USA Today's Niners Wire. Just this morning, I posted my seven favorite prop bets for the Super Bowl. So if you're interested in that type of thing, you know where to go. And fellas, ladies, and gentlemen, it is officially Super Bowl weekend, almost Friday when we're recording this, here on Believe in 49ers. And while we just posted an extensive betting breakdown of the big game, we are back for a deep dive into the actual game between the 49ers and the Chiefs. And today, folks, I called on the closer Q Enter Sandman calling from the bullpen right now. Kyle Madsen, the managing editor of Niners Wire, the host of Candlestick Chronicles, the host of Insiders on ESPN 1320, the namesake of one of my favorite beers, Candlestick Chronicles by Cooperage Brewing Company here in Santa Rosa, California. Kyle will be joining us on the podcast today to just break down the Super Bowl. Obviously, I work with Kyle. We talk a ton about the 49ers, kind of behind the scenes with different things, and he's great at what he does, and he stopped by today to provide some critical and really good insight into this game, I think, and it was great to talk with him. But before we get to Kyle here on Believe in 49ers, I have a quick message from our friends over at Bet Online. The big game is finally here, Bet Online is your number one source for playoff football odds, stats, trends, and lines, with everything from point spread to hundreds of player performance props. With dozens of odds, props, and info on hundreds of sports, events, politics, and entertainment, you can access the world's best wagering information anytime from desktop or your mobile devices. Head to Bet Online today to stay updated on all the action. Bet Online, the game starts here. And now, what starts here on Believe in 49ers is our guest, Kyle Madsen. All right, all right. Welcoming on a very, very special guest on the pod today. My point guard, my coach, my boy, Kyle <laughs> Madsen, the managing editor of Niners Wire. You heard me talk about it before. The host of the Insiders on ESPN 1320 in Sacramento and the host of the Candlestick Chronicles podcast, Kyle Madsen. I am a I'm part of the Kyle Madsen tree. Like I I'm on like like Mike McDaniel to Kyle Shanahan. I've I'd like to sure. consider that me and Kyle. Sorry. Yeah, no, Kyle. that's Let's a, get into it. that that's big time for me. Uh I have not had a tree before. And I mean, you didn't need me for this, but I'll, I'll, I'll take it. Like if you're going to hand it out, I'll take it. Yeah. I, I like being a part of the branch. I mean, it makes me feel good. I feel it's good. a good first branch. Yeah. Yeah. No, for um, sure. All right, Kyle, let's get into it. 
Love Island All-Stars, new format this season. They brought back some of our favorite Islanders from the past. Exes living under the same roof. My bad. Wrong podcast. Wrong podcast. Wrong pod. <laughs> My bad. My bad. Let me get to the right Google Doc here. The Super Bowl, Kyle. Here we go. Mm. How are we feeling? We've had almost two weeks to think about it. We made it. But how did we get here? Um, Man, uh, carefully, I think. Uh, no, it's uh, it's been weird because the two weeks leading up to the Super Bowl, it's like the draft, right? Like, I know you're a big draft guy. And mm-hmm. when you're watching games in college games, that is, in September and October, there may be a player that you're just super in on. And then by the time April 22nd comes around, you're just kind of out. Like you've changed your mind entirely and vice versa. Guys that you were out on that you watch more and you get more, more tape on and more notes on, you just start to kind of like that player more than you did. That's kind of what happens. I think during, during that, the two week lead up to the Super Bowl. I have waffled so many times on, I think the Niners are going to win. I think the chiefs are going to win. There's no way the Niners are going to win. Well, maybe they just blow them out like they blew out Dallas and, and Philly. So it's a rigorous two weeks, um, but uh, we, we've made it, and the 49ers made it more difficult by, I think, struggling a little bit in, in the playoffs and being such a kind of Jekyll and Hyde team versus uh, what we saw September through December where it was this team that with that minor hiccup from weeks, uh, was it six to six to eight, where they lost three in a row, uh, they were dominant, just super dominant. And then they get into the playoffs and they face a seven Z. They have to come back and win. And then they face the Lions at home. They're down 17. They have to battle back and win and had some fortunate plays go their way in that game. So um, which 49ers team do we get? I don't really I don't really know. Uh, I wish I did because that ease a lot of anxiety. But um, that's that's kind of where we're at. Mm-hmm. And I think that that sense of waffling kind of speaks to like, I think this is just flat out going to be a close game. Like, I, I think, like, mm-hmm. I completely agree with you. I mean, I think these two teams are kind of deserving to be here and make for a good matchup. Um, you know, speaking of matchup, obviously, on the tip, I think, of everybody's tongues with this game is Patrick Mahomes versus Brock Purdy. Um, mm-hmm. I spend a lot of time on this podcast specifically kind of singing the praise of Brock Purdy. But... Some of the stuff you just mentioned kind of speaks to it. And I kind of want to be critical for a second because, like I said, I've been so positive heading into the Super Bowl against a quarterback like Patrick Mahomes. What's kind of your Brock worry meter at? You know, do you think they'll be able to lean on him heavily as they have done in these last two playoff games to kind of get wins? Where are you kind of standing on Brock at this point heading into his first Super Bowl start? I, I, I'm, I'm, Hmm. It's it's a nuanced question, right? Because we so badly want to be like this guy stinks or this guy is awesome. I, I think yeah. Purdy falls somewhere in the middle. I'll, I'll say I'll say I'll frame it like this: I am more confident that Brock Purdy can win a Super Bowl than I was that Jimmy Garoppolo can win a Super Bowl. I think that if the 49ers are leaning on him to carry them to a victory, it means something went horribly wrong. I don't I don't love. Brock Purdy trying to come back from two scores down against this uh, very good Kansas City defense and against the defensive coordinator and Steve Spagnuolo, who thrives on confusing quarterbacks and generating pressure that makes their life difficult. And as good as Brock has been, uh, we, we've seen him make some some really questionable decisions, particularly in the playoffs. So I think if the Niners have to lean on Purdy where the, the Chiefs are selling out to stop the run, 
uh, Christian McCaffrey's not getting going on the ground. Debo Samuel stuff isn't get, isn't isn't working on the ground, and it's constantly third and long, and it's constantly Brock Purdy. I think the Niners might be in some trouble because that game script doesn't favor them. On the other hand, um, if their run game is working enough that they can run play action and they can get in second and short or third and short, where they can do a lot of the things that that Purdy thrives on. Well, now all of a sudden, I, I think that he's more than capable of of winning them the game. And whether that makes him a game manager or whatever, he's just a he's a he's a good quarterback who can operate this system at a high level. Would he be good with the Panthers? I don't know. And 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 frankly, for this game, it doesn't matter. Uh, we we saw the Niners hang up thirty points a game or nearly thirty points a game. Uh, we saw them come back from seventeen points down with with Brock Purdy making plays outside the structure of the offense. So I, I, I think he's good enough to, to win it. If he's having to go throw for throw with Patrick Holmes, I don't love that. So I, that's, that's, that's where I land. Yeah. And I, I completely agree with you. I think it's almost like anytime I think about this game, it's kind of just blaring like the 49ers need to establish not even the run. Cause that's such a simple phrase, but just establish Christian McCaffrey, like get him going. And it's crazy to think that, through two playoff games where he's had over a hundred total yards, it feels like his impact specifically hasn't been felt. And mm-hmm. if you're Steve Spagnuolo, who, you know, is, is a big a key is in this game, I think as anyone, I, mm-hmm. I think it probably starts with taking that away. And, you know, Christian McCaffrey is just, a, in my hundred percent opinion, just is the key in this one. Yep. And how do the 49ers kind of get him going? Because, Throughout the season, it felt like it's been so easy. It felt like McCaffrey's been so good that we almost don't even talk about him, right? Because it's kind of a you write him off as like a hundred yards and a touchdown. He's going to kind of mm-hmm. be the the fuel to this offense, but it hasn't felt like that for two weeks. And now you're facing arguably, not even arguably, the best defense in football and the biggest game of the season. How do you get him going? So, so I think on the McCaffrey front. I don't have his his numbers in front of me. Let me grab those real quick. But I, I will say he didn't have a huge game from a from a numbers standpoint in the NFC title game, but he was mm-hmm. super effective. The Lions were selling out to stop him, and he was still finding ways to create yards. There were there were probably half a dozen carries that looked like they were going to go for for zero or or one yard, and he winds up turning it into into three or four. And I know that that doesn't sound, um, you know, compared to an explosive. 35 yard run a a four or five yard gain doesn't doesn't sound like much but with this 49ers team like i just said the difference between second and nine and second Mm. and five is the is is just massive and mccaffrey can can create yards that way um in the run game he he his his availability as a as a check down option and um turning a play that might have been a sack before his arrival into a first down like that, the different like third and long versus first and ten is yeah. is massive in a game like this. So, I, I, okay, I got his Lions numbers here. So it goes ninety rushing yards, a couple of touchdowns against Green Bay. He had ninety eight rushing yards and a couple of touchdowns. Um, the the massive you know explosive plays weren't there. He had a thirty nine yard run against Green Bay. He had a twenty five yarder against Detroit. But his ability to churn out yards, even when everybody in the stadium knows that the defense is trying to stop him and him only is, is huge in this game. And, and even against a, a Kansas city run defense that hasn't been very good this year, they're 27th in, in run defense DVOA. They allowed four and a half yards of carry. That was 24th in the league. 
I think you're going to see Shanahan exploit that, even if they're they're selling out, even if they're uh, uh, putting additional bodies in the box. I, I think you're going to see the Niners try and get their run game going, and I think they'll have some success uh, just by virtue of McCaffrey being able to grind out tough yards. Um, you just mentioned him, and I think it's one of like the more underrated aspects of this game, and we haven't really talked about it a ton. I, I don't see it being talked about enough, at least in my opinion is just mm-hmm. the Kyle Shanahan against Andy Reid factor of this game. I mean, in my opinion, granted, I've watched them a lot closer this season, you know, working with you doing this podcast, but I thought Kyle Shanahan as a play caller has been really good, maybe hit yeah. one of his best years. Um, and it seems like it's he's just been so consistent. Um, yeah. And now you're going against Andy Reid, who's, you know, again, arguably – the, one of the best coaches in football, one of the legends of this generation. We just talked about Steve Spagnuolo, who's been amazing. Mm-hmm. What do you think of just the coaching matchup, the brains kind of behind the operation of this game? Um, because I, I don't know. I just, I think it's fascinating. I think that's just one, like it's, it's a true chess. I don't think you can go lean either way and go Shanahan's going to exploit this. Andy Reid's yeah. going to take advantage of this because they're just really, really good at their job. Yeah, and that's the the one I go back to is not necessarily the 2019 Super Bowl, which is what keeps getting brought up. I think the week seven matchup between these teams last year is really instructive in that regard. The Niners were were in that game offensively. It was 14-13 late in the second half. They have a third and three at the Chiefs five, and Garoppolo throws a just abysmal interception. And then on the other side, you have Andy Reid going uh uh, jet sweeps to Michael Hardman twice for 28 yards and a couple of touchdowns. It was a lot of Isaiah Pacheco. It was a lot of Clyde Edward, Edwards Alaire. And then it was beating the Niners over the top after that. And they just pulled away in the in the fourth quarter after the Niners made it. A, I think they made it 28-23 early in the fourth and then the Chiefs scored the last like 16 points. But that's where I look at this game and I'm going, man, the, the Chiefs defense is, is really, really good. But we saw Shanahan get them last year. And then we saw Andy Reid get the Niners last year. And the Niners defense, yeah. I, I think last year was better than it was this year. And so it feels like a little bit of a wash to me. And in that scenario, it's hard not to lean toward the coach that has won two out of the last three Super Bowls. You know, um, so mm-hmm. or two out of the last four, I guess. Um, so if that, I, I think that that's a fascinating offensive matchup and I think you're going to see maybe a little bit more offense than people are expecting, but uh, I think that, I think the total is like 48 or 48 and a half. Like that's and a lot. Half, I think is what it was. Yeah. That's a lot of points for, for a Super Bowl yeah. uh, featuring a, a top three and a top eight defense or wherever the Niners finish. Mm-hmm. So, um, no, I think it's, I think it's going to be, be, um, interesting to watch, but I really think that because of their creativity and because they're because of their ability to to generate yards and exploit defensive rules and weaknesses and and this and that um i think it's that's that's why to me it's going to come down to who makes the first mistake um who drops a pass who who throws an interception um who who takes a bad sack that puts a team behind behind the sticks or or out of their game script that's that's going to be um what i'm what i'm watching for closest it's been um it's been kind of few and far between i think it's fair to say this season 
with the 49ers defensive line as a whole playing at Mm -hmm. an ultra high level. But I think when those front four are really, you know, doing their job like we expect them to do, the 49ers are just a different machine defensively Mm -hmm. and it translates to offense. Um, But through the playoffs and I mean, even throughout most of the regular season, I think it's been a concern of what defensive line is going to show up. And um, we've talked about a lack of pass rush specifically. And I know Nick Bosa had two sacks in in the NFC championship, but Mm -hmm. now the containment, you know, I think if you're one thing that really stuck out to me is just these, these teams in the playoffs specifically starting with Matt LaFleur and the Packers really tried to test the edges of the 49ers run defense. And you got, you Mm -hmm. saw a lot of guys open pursue and and break off these big long yards. I think Andy Reid's probably picked up on that. Isaiah Pacheco has been pretty awesome this year. Mm -hmm. Um, How big of a concern is that to you? How do you clean this up? And I just, you know, if there's no pass rush, I'm very, very worried. And just like, what's the concern level for you with that? Really high. I mean, it, Patrick Mahomes is hard to beat. If you're giving Patrick Mahomes time to to move around at his leisure, like that's 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 not great. Mm. What I will say for for the Niners' pass rush, and I don't want to get to to Pacheco, but the the thing that I think the the pass rush is a is a concern and and maybe a problem. The thing I I lean toward though is the plan they had for Jalen Hurts and the plans they've mm. had for Kyler Murray where they do a good job of putting these quarter these mobile quarterbacks in positions that they're not comfortable in. And I think we saw the Ravens do that too. Uh, the Ravens forced Mahomes out to his left a lot and forced him to go back across his body. And he's super talented and he's he's perfectly capable of making plays while while rolling left and throwing back right. I mean we saw we we've seen him do it for for more than half a decade now. But that's not where his bread and butter is going to be. So mm-hmm. I think that that's something that maybe the Niners aren't getting sacks, but if they can get through and move him off his spot and force him to uh, try and make try and make plays with a receiving core that's just not super dynamic, I think that that's how you can kind of slow slow down maybe the best quarterback of all time, um, mm-hmm. or or he's certainly trending that direction. As for the Pacheco thing, that's one I don't know if there's a fix. Like <laughs> you're either you're either making tackles or you're not. You're either over pursuing or you're not. And there were all these questions about the Niners like effort in the NFC championship game. And I just can't wrap my head around the idea that a team went into the NFC title game like, yeah, we'll throw our helmets on the field and win this one. Yeah. Which which to me Lee, it says there's there's a bigger problem here. They missed 150 tackles this year as a team. Uh, and Fred Warner missed either the most or the second most he's over he's ever missed in his career. Jair Brown is is super super uh, susceptible to to overrunning a play. So is Tayshawn Gibson. So is Dre Greenlaw. And that's something I think the Chiefs will exploit with misdirections and whatnot. But on the other hand, when this defense is locked in, there's there's uh, not a lot of teams that can get sideline to sideline in the second level like they do. There's not a lot of teams that can they can snuff out a screen like Greenlaw. And and Warner can and 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 Diameter Lenore as well. He's been he's been really good uh, down near the line of scrimmage. So um, if they're this is I mean this is what it really comes down to for me with the Niners defense. If they're locked in and they're on and they're playing at at the level that we know they're capable of playing at or we've seen them play at, 
then I think they'll get a lot of stops and it'll be really tough for the Chiefs to score points. Uh, but if they look like they did against Detroit and and for for parts of the game against Green Bay, I I don't know how they get stops. I don't know how they stop Isaiah Pacheco when he gets going mm-hmm. and when he's going and the Chiefs are in second and short or third and short. I don't know how you're slowing down Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey, and it could be you and me running routes out there. If the Chiefs are getting in second and second and third and, and short, like that's that's easy money, and that's yeah. that's the big worry. Yeah, uh, we're talking with Kyle Madsen here on the pod today, breaking down the Super Bowl, just everything about it. And Kyle, I think one of the things I often like talking to you about, and I think you're really good at, is you know seeing the game. I think the Super Bowl specifically is kind of the headliner for this, but there's always those one or two players and let you know let's not say they're going to win Super Bowl MVP but make one to two impactful game plays and you can almost look at every Super Bowl from it but it's always that underrated guy um mm-hmm. is there kind of a guy that sticks out to you specifically on the 49ers that say in a perfect world we're talking on Monday going that play swung this game that that moment that big tackle on third down that mm-hmm. big third down conversion is there a guy yeah. that kind of sticks out to you that maybe we're not giving some shine to that deserves it. Uh, Juwan Jennings is the player that I keep going back to as a, a, a chess piece that can, the 49ers can use to get the chiefs into um, some dis- disadvantageous. Is that mm-hmm. right? Is that the right word? I'll some non advantageous. Okay. All right. Yeah. That'll play. Here we go. Um <laughs> I think that that he is they like they can go out in like eleven personnel and get the Chiefs in dime, where they have a bunch of defensive backs on the field, which is what they did against the Ravens, and the Ravens just didn't run against it. It's the weirdest thing. The Niners are going to run against that. Like that's Kyle Shanahan's whole thing is getting your defense in a spot where they can't, they don't have the bodies to stop what you're going to do offensively. And what Jawan Jennings can do as a blocker, uh, both downfield and like on the move, like coming across almost almost as a tight end going in motion and, and slamming himself into the line and taking out a linebacker and clearing out a hole like that's that's those are the kind of small things that are going to allow the 49ers to to defeat the Chiefs defense and whether you know if he if he does those things I, I like the Niners chances maybe he springs McCaffrey with a big block downfield or springs Brandon Ayuk with a big block downfield um or and and you mentioned third down conversions like his nickname is freaking third and Juwan. maybe there's a maybe there's a third and long where he he converts and and the niners go on to 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 score a, a game a game go ahead touchdown or a game winning touchdown or whatever it is i could definitely see Juwan jennings being a player that in the four or five days after the super bowl the the tape heads on twitter like super cut of Juwan jennings springing yeah. big runs um or or supercut of these four Jawan Jennings catches for for 48 yards and three first downs um that's that's I, I think the player that um when we talk about a possible game changer for the 49ers who's not one of their stars that we always talk about uh he he really really sticks out to me I completely agree but I want to we just got a couple more questions for you here Kyle um sure. Before we get out of here, I want to ask you, it's kind of a theory, a little take that I've had, but I've often referred to Debo as, you know, one of the NFL's best, like, big game players. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I think of, like, you obviously, like, let's just rule out quarterbacks, but you think of, we talk a lot about in, like, basketball, like Kobe Bryant, fourth quarter, so clutch, takes over, dominant, um, a dominant closer. 
you know, cue Mar- Mariano Rivera. Debo, sure. in my opinion, has like a similar effect because just when the lights are shining, it's like it's just a different player to an extent, and he's always great. But the impact he has, I think, in in critical moments, you saw it last week. I mean, was probably one of the more effective players in the second half during that comeback. Um, what is it about Debo in these games? Like, what kind of impact are you expecting from him? But just do you agree with me in these big moments? It's just this guy just delivers. Yeah, I do. And I think it's partly because the Niners go to him in big moments because they know that. One of my favorite clips of 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 like a mic'd up ever is after Kwan Williams' interception in the divisional round in 2021. I'm sorry, in the wild card round in 2021 against Dallas at, at Dallas. Kwan Williams gets the interception. Debo Samuel grabs his helmet and he as he's going onto the field, he looks at Kyle Shanahan and he goes, Give me the ball. Give me the ball. I'm gonna score. And they go screen to Debo Samuel and he houses it. And that's like, that's the kind of thing, like that's special. Like that's just a little bit different. Knowing on a, on a field full of the best gladiators, the best athletes in the world. And Debo Samuel's going, Hey, give me the ball. And I'm going to go score a touchdown right now. Like not in a few plays, not, Hey, feed me until I score. It's Hey, on this play, we need to score and I'm going to go do it. And Shanahan obliges because he knows that, that like you just laid out, uh, Debo's capable of that. And I, I really think as, as much as we've talked about McCaffrey and as much of a key as I think he's going to be, I think you're going to see Debo Samuel get a ton of work because of that. You looked at their offense struggling against, against the Lions in the NFC title game. It's like, oh, a lot of Debo. Whether it's a handoff yeah. or a little pop pass or a screen or uh, Purdy trusts trust him like crazy, which I think is going to matter here uh, with blitzes bearing down on him. Um, throwing into tight windows knowing that Samuel is going to go make a play on it. He is he's delivered in in every big spot for the 49ers even in his first Super Bowl. He had a huge game against Kansas City as a rookie. So I'm with you man. He is a a really really dominant big game player and and I'm expecting more of the same on on Sunday. Yeah, I completely agree. Um Kyle, I know you got to get out of here, but I couldn't help but asking you one last question, a little off sure. the wall. Super Bowl related, but one of the reasons I think, you know, we get along is because you kind of get me on these things. Uh, you know, when thinking about food holidays specifically, you think about Christmas, you think about Thanksgiving, in my opinion. Um, you know, while it's not a major holiday, I would actually throw the Super Bowl in as one of the most underrated kind of food days on the mm. calendar. And uh, I personally always try to go pretty big. I love yeah. the assortment of snacks or wings or whatever you want to put it. Do you have, I know you're going to be working, but do you have a plan for your Super Bowl menu yet? Is there something you kind of always lean on? Or do you even have like a Super Bowl snack power ranking? And we'll end it with that. Man, that's, we, we could have done an hour on this. Um, <laughs> so, so my, the, the, I'm not totally, so we've had, I don't want to dive all the way into this, but we had to call an audible last second on our okay. Super Bowl festivities. So uh, we're now, instead of doing our shindig that we do up in Reno, uh, we are just hosting, or my, my parents are hosting at their house. So typically up in Reno, we do barbecue and we go get barbecue. Okay. We're not like okay. you. We're not, we're not out there with the smoker at 4 a.m. Uh, cooking up grub. Um, although now that I'm thinking about it, we definitely should have just invited you to our place um, and had you do the barbecue instead of catering it. Dang. Uh, <laughs> but no, um, probably barbecue, I would guess some ribs okay. i'm a big okay. baked potato guy 
Like I love a baked potato, uh, the loaded kind. Like I don't don't give me just like butter and sour cream. I want the cheese. I want the chives. I want. I'll go ham and bacon. I'll go multi pig on that. I don't even care. Um, that's that's a go to for me. I love wings. I, I know it's very. I know that's very like cliche. My problem with wings is with my writing gig, it's hard to do wings and write. So yeah, so so if I'm if I'm doing wings, it's like I got to do them at halftime. So I usually at halftime I'll grab a wing or two uh, when I'm when I'm not working. Uh, I'm also a chips and salsa guy. Like any uh, tortilla chips yeah. and and salsa guac, uh, any kind of salsa. I don't care if it's pico de gallo or tomatillo or or chipotle. I don't I don't care. Give me give me salsa. And I will eat chips and salsa all day. So um, if I'm power ranking the snacks, go chips and salsa one, followed by nachos two. I love a good a good nacho. Wow. Um, and then hit me with and then hit me with with some jalapeno poppers. I love a, a jalapeno popper at four. Who doesn't? At three? That three or four? Yeah, dude. I, the the things you make, <laughs> the jalapeno related things you make, look unbelievable. Yeah, we're doing um homemade or i'm doing homemade lumpia this year oh damn it of course you are doing a saturday and then i love lumpia egg rolls oh yeah yeah damn man um i gotta come to to the crib we could just we could just absolutely talk about this all day long but um seriously yeah i just (laughs) i had to ask you that i had to ask you that um yeah i wish wish, so much man uh, real quick hang on don't say goodbye to me yet uh i got time um, I wish I, I, one of my goals in life is to eventually be more of a like big day cook type of thing. Like mm-hmm. for me, it's a lot of like charcuterie boards or all, all grill like some, some meat yeah. or yeah. Or, or like Thanksgiving, it's, you know, the, the, the generic sides and that's fine. That's all great. But I would love to get into some of the more uh, kind of exotic stuff, uh, at, at some point in my life. Maybe if I, if I lose some job responsibilities here i'll 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 take up cooking so i need to get better at it i think it kind of speaks to like the soup like that's why i like me and my friend group family we always like that super bowl is like the super bowl menu my sister gets really Mm -hmm. into it too she's doing wings and a whole bunch of different stuff um and yeah we're doing i'm doing i'm doing lumpia but that's why i just would have to say it's just one of the more underrated snack and drinking days because there is so much and like i love a charcuterie board i love chips and salsa like that as a meal and i'm just picking electric so i'm all that's why i think i'm just all in on on the super bowl uh snack day yeah and it starts early like it's not oh we're waiting for the game to start like no man 11 a.m line them up like let's get going absolutely yeah Um, it might get get ugly so Um, i might might start the depression eating side of things I might no, I don't. Up. I'm not a big. I'm not a big depression eater. Like I'm more just right. like I need to sit alone with my thoughts. If they win, um, I might consume like thirty thousand calories on on Sunday. There we go. The yeah. over unders, I think, sitting at twenty seven thousand with the win. So <laughs> I'm taking um, the over. And especially mixing in a couple candlestick chronicles beers which i absolutely have in my fridge right now my man come on drinking for the super bowl for sure um kyle absolutely great to have you i appreciate you doing this been a long time coming uh wanted to have you on and kind of just uh talk shop a little bit but it's great having you man hope you have a great super bowl obviously be talking a ton and uh good luck on the show and all that fun stuff today man thank you
dude thank you literally ask me anytime thank you again to our guest kyle my buddy great talking to him make sure you follow him on twitter at kyle a madsen m-a-d-s-o-n for all that insight and if you want to subscribe to his podcast at the candlestick chronicles or if you're in the sacramento area and want to listen to him on the insiders on espn 1320 like i said might be a good idea just really kind of hyping him up here to grab the beer named after his podcast from cooperage brewing company if you see it anywhere in the bay area amazing beer one of my favorite breweries lucky enough to live in santa rosa and stop there pretty often and have access to their awesome beers but today that is going to do it, folks. I think we've said enough. What has said has needed to be said. What has been predicted has needed to be predicted. But that's going to do it. That's going to wrap up our Super Bowl preview coverage of 49ers versus Chiefs. And the next time you hear my voice, the next time we talk here on Believe in 49ers, the Super Bowl will be decided. Until then, you can hit me on Twitter if you want to talk some ball. Got a take on a player for the NFL draft because we're going to start prepping for the combine as soon as the Super Bowl ends. Or if you have a good prop bet I need to take a look at, you know I'll always ride with my Believe in 49ers listeners. Thank you again to everyone for listening. Thank you to Kyle and thank you to our sponsor, Bet Online. We obviously appreciate you for sticking with us through the whole football season. We made it all the way through the Super Bowl here, people, on Believe in 49ers. And just one game left. Enjoy your Sunday, people. Hopefully you're eating some good food, drinking some good drinks, spending some time. It's going to be a grind no matter what. And I'm not one of those people that says, oh, stay calm. Don't worry. There's a lot of game left. Get after it. Let's get crazy. Hopefully I can hear you yelling from wherever you're yelling from from my house while watching the Super Bowl and we'll be back right here on Believe in 49ers as soon as the Super Bowl ends with an instant reaction right here until then thank you everybody for listening for the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.